and you don't say it jewel you say it yule and it's the j is a y sound and then in nordic mythology you also have jotunheim but it's spelled with a j-u or j-o like jotunheim uh so there's it seems like ju or yo or ya they all have similar connection to each other and so i'm kind of wondering if maybe because according to like the saga the box saga the dan tribe and the Sven tribe both come out of the north and into these other lands both come out of the north The, the label of this interview, or the title of this interview, is called Jekyll Island's Canaanite Altars and Giant Skeletons. Ooh, there we go. And Well, I don't know. Maybe the map that showed California broke it off. Yeah, well, okay. The script that I discovered will take it back to Prince Maddox King Arthur. If you if you've seen the cover for the first edition book, there's a symbol on it on the cover that uh, is a piece of script that I found over the entrance to a cave. Back on that, I've been wrapping around the number seven, right? And the number seven goes goes into so much esoterica and so much of the history that America's. In. French yeah. Maddox was supposed to have been a half-brother to King Arthur and everybody else. They all knew how to do this. But they all used their own language and their own alphabet or symbology. The hybrid is the one that came over to the Americas. Oh my fucking sweet jeebies, you're right. Fucking sweet jeebies, you're right. family it is your boy Romy Romy so today we are putting out this tribal council bonfire episode with Dan and I to touch up on the past two months of the ancient Americas you're gonna enjoy we get into some giants we get into some mounds we do some reviews we do all the things that you guys love make sure to jump on over to the telegram and tell us what you think of this episode and um and 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 share the love you know the love is all around it's it's nothing but love it's always been love and love will always be the permeating constants that is uh, rising from the ashes. People love it. 
What up, Fire Tribe? Welcome to Rising from the Ashes. I'm Danu Naki Dan. I am the Holy Wolfie. What's happening, Dan? Hi ho, there you go. Hey yo, what's up, Ron? Hey Oh man, just um, just living the good life, brother. How the fuck are you? Yeah. <laughs> Upside down, upside down, upside down. Life is Can crazy. You elaborate. Life is crazy. Yeah. Tell uh, us well, the details of your life. Roman and I are doing this show because, yet again, we missed another group show because last month Roman was uh, touring Florida, getting all caught up on some esoteric history in real life, and this month. I have been busy as shit moving and uh, just all kinds of stuff going on. So, you know, I've uh, been doing, I, I moved like an hour away from where I used to live. So it's like a different area, different town, different community, different place. I have to have satellite internet now instead of regular internet. So there's all kinds of, uh, things going on there i'm a little bit farther from work so it takes me longer to get home harder to for me to do shows uh because i have to do them a little bit later now than i used to and so it's been rough but eventually i'll get into uh more of a habitual routine and uh it won't be so bad but until then Things are haywire around here. So me and Roman decided since we missed a couple group show episodes for Ancient America months, which were fucking fire. I mean, if you guys have not listened to any of the Ancient America months, like, what the fuck are you doing? Go back, listen to them all, starting with Graham. Uh, I, I can't. What is that episode? Graham Dunlop episode 56. 56. We talked all about ancient America and there. Uh, he read the book Miss of Pre-Columbian America on Audible. And so we got into that. Um, there's a fascination with Jade gemstones that kept coming up. Also Puma or uh, Puma and Cheetah. And Jade seems to be like this weird thing going on in America as well as some other places. Uh, But as you see in like even all the different stories that we did throughout the month, some of the same themes kept popping up uh, when talking about the Americas. And uh, because then we talked to Eddie, esoteric Eddie, uh, about uh, Tezcatlipoca and the Toltec myth and the Toltec legend. Uh, which is a fucking fire ass episode. One of my favorite from these last few months, last couple months. And um, then we talked to Karen Mudden, Submerged Cities. And uh, that one was pretty good too. We had a little bit of connection problems because she's in Australia. But uh, she has a lot of good information. She's a smart lady and has wrote several books on some. Sub- 
submerged cities, subterranean realms, and what's the other one, Roman? Sunken realms. And sunken, sunken realms. realms. Yeah, so shit underwater. And I, man, it's just so fascinating. Some of the things, you know, these underground cities and submerged cities. Obviously, we're trying to put together a little bit of like what the hell is going on in America, right? And pre-Columbian times. And, well, the uh, reason we had to do or the reason we decided to spread it out into two months, even though this new thing that we're doing with, you know, going deep dive topics into, you know, monthly themes, we were getting such good guests and also it's such a huge topic that it's like, wow, okay, we could do four shows, five shows, but really it's, we, we need more. We need more. So, you know, it's, it was so big that, that there was, you know, we were either going to have to come back to it in six months time mm-hmm. or something, or just, just keep ex- decided to extend it out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it connects right into the Atlantis and Lemuria month anyways. Uh, it kind of rolls right into it. So it, it just fits. And then um, then we had Rick Osman on, uh, The Legend of the Golden Bear. Fucking even more fascinating stuff about uh, Burroughs Cave and uh, the Welsh that were possibly in America long before Columbus, 500 AD or 586 or something like that, I think he had mentioned. So around the 6th century. Um, And then it seems like there's so many people coming to America. It's almost as America has always been a melting pot of other societies, other cultures. Like it's never just been its own thing you know what i mean even with the native americans when they got here there was already giants here so i mean where'd these fuckers come from so uh i mean who funny you say that literally today literally maybe two hours ago i was listening to this um this interview because uh, i'm getting prepped up for this um for for another like breakdown so like you like you mentioned earlier like last i was in i was in florida so we couldn't do a group show um and then juan thomas and gabe and i did like a florida breakdown dia cold mm-hmm. right yeah. episode really good really good really 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 good everybody check it out you know um it's on the but one-on-one now we're getting podcast. yes Juan, yes one on one Juan on Juan. If you guys are listening, I, you know you know we're boys with Juan. Um, we had Juan on. <laughs> we had Juan on uh, <laughs> months ago, right? And so that's mm-hmm. when we that's when we first met him originally, and and we've been boys ever since. It's, it's really cool. But so I was listening to this um, this this interview with uh, with Tim Bentz, who's like this you know ambassador of jesus he's mm-hmm. like he's a very serious jesus guy do you know tim bentz no oh you said mm-hmm, like as if you like knew this man well, uh, ambassador of <laughs> jesus what the fuck is that 
So I know, right? I know. Well, that's the whole thing of like, you know, taking this interview with like a grain of salt because he's, <laughs> you know, have, have, he basically, um, <clears throat> in this interview and, and, That the label of this interview or the title of this interview is called Jekyll Island's Canaanite Altars and Giant Skeletons. Ooh, there we go. And so, so the next, the next episode we're going to do a breakdown on is, uh, maybe going to be in July or August. You know, we're going to giving ourselves plenty of time to research, but it's going to be Jekyll Island, the Keys and Bermuda Triangle. It's going to be those three, mm. which is, you know, really close to Florida, right? Mm-hmm. And Jekyll Island is historically the place where the Federal Reserve was born. The Rockefellers had bought it. It was owned by millionaires. And, you know, if you guys listen to the episode, you know that Henry Flagler, who founded Florida, was John D. Rockefeller's business partner. And so Jekyll Island uh, being significant for the fact that it was basically the home of the Federal Reserve and where the Federal Reserve was founded with J.P. Morgan and some of the Rockefellers and some other characters. And so I'm doing some research on it now and trying to do some digging. And I found this video and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, Canaanite altars and giant skeletons. And then Robert Seffer also did a video and he basically, you know, grabbed a SERP from that interview. And that's, that's how I found that interview. And, you know, we know Robert Seffer, right? You know, if people mm-hmm. watch YouTube, Robert Seffer's, you know, he's an OG on that. He always starts out with going to like a restaurant, tells you what he eats, uh, yeah. and then goes into some occult shit. <laughs> oh, he's eating some salmon and some rice pilaf and feeding fucking duck. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny. But, you know, you got to you gotta love it, right? Anyways, dude. So, you know, and not to segue off of Ancient America Month, but um, Jekyll Island was, you know, it was basically like a huge graveyard there were there was massive skeletons there and the the museum of jekyll island has these skeletons of giants there eight and a half feet tall and this guy was um you know he's been in the middle east before and he's done some work in the middle east and when the guy at the museum was showing him this picture he was looking at some of the stuff there and he's like this isn't native american quote unquote like you know ritual like this this stone altar here is something very reminiscent of of what i've seen in the middle east Hmm. and they were like sacrificing babies in this photo as well and uh Hmm. he basically kind of like makes a statement saying that the there was a potential that jekyll island was in fact inhabited by another culture that potentially was uh from another continent and not america because they had these giant skeletons there and it's really interesting fascinating if you guys want to rabbit hole to dig into 
the Jekyll Isle, Jekyll Island Giants. And so this where's, month, where's you know, Jekyll Island? Is that in like the New York area? No, bro. It's, it's right north of Florida. It's oh, in Georgia. Really? Oh, really? yeah, dude. It's like right there. And that's the whole thing. That's why I was saying it's, it's very, it's in the uh, that's why we're it's sticking to it. No, it's, uh, it's on the other side in the Atlantic. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's super fascinating because these millionaires owned it. So all these rich people would come and vacation there. And so, you know, but the Rockefeller house was built on top of this stone pillar. That is syncretism to a T. Oh, I've heard uh, about this. Yeah. Right. Where they were doing the altar ceremony and where the Federal Reserve was created Mm -hmm. at this altar. And so that's where Rockefeller built house. And that is syncretism. And that's what we're focusing on this next month. We're focusing on Esoteric America Foundation and syncretism. And it's like, okay, so they, you know, a common theme that you find is, is that, you know, they're digging out ancient American uh, mounds, which are grave sites a lot of times uh, and with, with giant skeletons in them. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Of, of their, their priest and shaman of the, um, of the, of the ancient American uh, indigenous Americans. And it's, you know, there's, there's an esoteric belief that it's, it's kind of absorbing this energy. And so this this interview that I heard this guy who's like I said you know you got to really kind of take it with a grain of salt because he was so he later um he later states in the interview I, I'm just going to sum up this interview for you guys it's fresh on my mind like I, I hasn't even been two hours since I finished it <laughs> but um he he has a prayer with with God right and God tells him that they're going to do some work to uh to de demonize this, this altar. And with this de demonization of this altar, they're going to put a flux in the capital system and the monetary system. And so, you know, he does this work, right? He does this prayer. He does this, this, this ritual, if you will, um, with God, God by being his right hand side there. And cause this guy's a priest, by the way. Um, here, let me get his name for you again here. Um, Tim Bentz, T-I-M-B-E-N-C-E. So he's like a pastor. He's like a traveling priest or traveling pastor. And he claims that this ritual that they did on Jekyll Island, him and God started the financial collapse of 2008. His prayer with God on Jekyll Island at the altar at the Rockefeller house Basically, he's God tells him, he says, we're going to do this. Just just do what I tell you to do and everything will be taken care of. You're in thirty thousand dollars debt. Now it's going to go up to three hundred thousand, but it's all for the better good of the system to de-slave. Even if you're not, you know, a slave to the system, if you don't have debt, you're still a slave to the American capitalist system because of the federal reserve and because of the system that's what that's his translation of talking with god and so they do this thing and this is in 2008 when he went there so he states um and then just shortly after that was the collapse of 2008 so super interesting 
super interesting. And, uh, you know, the whole, the, the giant thing and, and the giant skeletons and the picture of the altars and the sacrificing of the babies and the history of Jekyll Island itself. It's just like, what the fuck? You know, what the fuck? crazy, man. What uh, the fuck? <laughs> I swear it's you, dude. I swear. Anyway, uh, yeah, dude. Uh, and we just had um, Adam Stokes on too, and he kind of even confirms that a little bit more with like uh, he 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 believes that the Nephites uh, mixed with some Canaanites um, in the Middle East, and uh, they are the that that hybrid is the one that came over to the americas oh my fucking sweet jeebies you're right how did i forget that i don't know so it, well that would make sense because of this uh this 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 structure this altar there yeah. wow yeah so there's even uh more uh circumstantial evidence to prove that the fact that um, some there were some giants and uh, some definite uh, he, like Hebrew or or Jewish people. Uh, what else could I say? Uh, Israelites, some type of hybrid Israelite. Uh, I guess it's like a mixture of the Canaanite and the uh, the Cain and the uh, Sethians. I was looking into Jesus recently and trying to figure out what line he was coming from after my uh, conversation with Emmanuel Kingman uh, last month. And because uh, we were talk kind of talking about it on there, if Jesus was a, was a Sethian or not, because in Egypt, Osiris is the God that's uh, split up basically uh, Seth, his brother, uh, cuts Osiris up into many, many pieces and spreads him all over the lands. And so in a way, if you connect Seth or Osiris to the Canaanites and Seth to this other group of people of like Shem or whatnot, then basically they are taking all these Canaanites and just splitting them up all over the land is kind of almost like they're spreading them out everywhere. And it seems like these Canaanites are these giant types of people. Uh, ites, whenever you see ites, is kind of like Amorites, Hittites. Uh, all, there's all kinds of these different ites in the Bible and in um, in history and in the cultures and whatnot. And Whenever it has like an eye at the end, it always seems to be of giant stature. Now, that could just mean that they were taller than the average size people living in the lands, or it could mean that they're giant, uh, 10 to 13 feet tall, or well, even eight you know. and a half feet tall is still considered yeah. a giant, that's, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, and yeah. that's it's huge, dude. That's fucking even seven huge. foot you tall. Next to an eight and a half foot tall person. Yeah, I'm six two, and yeah. if I stood next to a seven foot tall person, I'd be like, "Holy shit, you're a fucking giant!" And so, uh, they've they found breastplates and swords, and uh, even in Moscow and in Russia, they found like these big giant. Uh, 
I don't even like shirts, basically shirts, but like the, the people would wear them as like big giant, like robes or muumuu type things. You know what I mean? Like, like the sleeves were like way too long on their arms and like it, it covered them. It draped them more like a dress or something like that, but it was just a t-shirt of one of these giants. And, uh, and, and some, I think some people, uh, think that maybe Moscow might've been like a Tartarian, uh, city or once was like, uh, like a capital of Tartaria or something. And that's also, uh, yeah. In Russia. So I just want to, I just want to throw in on this too. You know, we, I had this conversation, um, well, with I wasn't. Philip I wasn't Lindsay finished with all that, that. You guys. Oh yeah, go ahead, go 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 go. <laughs> so I was I was looking into who Jesus was, and I connected him in with the the Sethians, basically. And so, even Emmanuel said he is probably from that line because the Canaanite line was the bad line, right? The the line of Cain was the one that killed his brother Abel, and so he was. Uh, he was impure, right? So he wasn't going to carry on the line. And then Abel's dead, so he can't carry on nothing. And then so Seth is the only one left. So Seth, um, <laughs> once you start to look into that, he uh, it, that line connects into Isaac and Jacob of the Israelites. And that takes you to uh, the progenitor of the kingship of the Israelites, the tribe is supposed to be the tribe of Isaac or Issachar. And if you look at Issachar or Isaac, it's a uh, sack and the Saxons are part of those people. And so are the Scythians. The Scythians are the Saxons. So the sons of sack or the sons of Isaac are basically that group of people uh part of tartaria is made up of these saxons and these danites uh the tribe of dan who were one of the tribes of israel but left to go hang out with the canaanites so they're also a tribe that seemed to mingle with these giants just like the nephites did it seems as though almost like this tartarian empire was an empire of maybe possibly different hybrids except for maybe the Scythians or maybe they even were part of a hybrid society. Also, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but um, a lot of times when we talk about Tartaria and the connection to the Israelites, uh, you come to the Scythians and they pretty much ruled the area between the Black Sea and the Caspian. So Jesus was from or i guess the scythians were from that line of david and jesus so that's interesting right <laughs> yeah that's super fascinating and interesting and uh what i wanted to bring up was you know looking at these uh esoteric philosophers Mainly, um, well, you can, I mean, it, so Madame Blavatsky, right, talks about these root races and 
and and then if you look at the Vedic text and and some of these grandmasters of ancient Vedic knowledge, which is where Madame Blavatsky was getting her information from these Eastern mystics, they they talk about the root races and in that in that description or you know in this ancient knowledge basically it, it gives this this very ancient way of looking at the cosmos and these cycles it's called the yugas right these these cycles mm-hmm. and this is some of the oldest text that we can look at older than any sort of hebrew or biblical text it comes from the vedas right like they have very extensive uh very extensive research that's been going on and kept for a long time and you know um and the stories are also just fascinating i mean i know you've read the bhagavad gita right it's mm-hmm. super fascinating and the the so when i was speaking with philip lindy um of esoteric astrology.org um and you know writer of seven, 17 books apparently i didn't know he wrote that many until he told me but uh the the hidden history of the humanity series uh he has this graph that i posted in our telegram that you guys saw the uh the timeline of the root races and it kind of gives like this you know when you visualize it it's like these root races that is spoken about in esoteric philosophy and esoteric history, alternative history, because it's not the mainstream and it's esoteric because it's, it's kind of hidden or not so many people know about it. It's not mainstream, right? Uh, that there's these groups of people that are celestially tied to these, these, what they call rayology or these energies from the cosmos basically right look into rayology you know look into look into this esoteric astrology guys it blew my mind absolutely blew my mind but it's like that there's seven sub races of each root race and you know they they each inhabit a specific type of archetype and you know they're going through their levels of consciousness as they basically are reincarnated that's a whole other thing of this concept of the root races and and just the human soul uh, in general and the sojourn is that reincarnation is a thing in that and you have and when looking at it this way through the esoteric astrology astrological lens it's a sojourn and it's a sojourn that's not necessarily human centric it's centric for the planet to ascend to the planet's evolutionary stage. What's and that? so this kind of touches into what's that? What's a sojourn? Sounds like soul journey. A sojourn? Yeah, it's exactly right. A sojourn is a soul journey. It's a S O U J O R N, sojourn. Um, it's your soul journey. It's so that's kind of where Zodiac comes from, where you're at on your sojourn is kind of what describes astrology and zodiac on an exoteric level so you have your physical sojourn or you know the sojourn that were uh established through exoteric astrology and then you have 
Um, I'm sorry, that's esoteric astrology is your sojourn. It's your soul mission. And in in this in this canon, in this understanding, in this philosophy, there there is said to be 60 billion souls. And right now, what are we at? We're at like seven billion, right? So you some souls take anywhere from you know one to five thousand years to reincarnate. So that kind of touches in on this other philosophical thing that we get to choose when and why we return. And some souls want to wait for a specific age or a specific cycle because we're traveling through it at, at a cosmic rate in the universe, and it it's a specific time to enter the planet in order for the planet's ascension. Because yet again, you know, look outside of the human spectrum, right? We live in, we live in the universe and it's not a human based universe. It's a, it's, it's a planet based universe. It's, it's an energetic based universe. And, and the cosmos are based off of the planets, which are bigger than humans, but we act as very, very important and vital roles in order for spreading consciousness. And so we are like angels in that sense, or we're like workers, we're light workers, you know, we have a soldier, we have a mission. That's why people feel like there's something more to life because the more meaning to life in this uh, esoteric philosophical and astrological sense, it's to ascend planet and to spread the consciousness because in the esoteric astrological philosophy the earth is not a um fully evolved planet but the seven planets that are saturn venus jupiter you know um goodness i'm blanking on the other ones but and those are the ones that are tied to astrotheological deities or mythological deities. These planets that have associations with gods. And then uh, Mars is not ascended. The moon is not uh, Vulcan, which is a planet, by the way, which is veiled by the sun. It's in between Mercury and the sun. It's called Vulcan. Hmm. Between Mercury and the sun? between mercury and the sun and i suggest everybody go look it up i posted a couple links to it in the telegram chat last night late night so it's you know lost within the feed somewhere but you guys can scroll and find it depending on whenever we post this episode but um you know it's just super fascinating and the point i'm getting at is that so we were talking about giants okay uh and we've talked about Atlantean Lemurian races on this show, and we went into a whole month on it. And what what I'm getting at is that in the concept of uh, esoteric history or alternative history through researchers and writers and mystics, if you will, like Madame Blavatsky, who was just reiterating ancient wisdom from the Vedics and Eastern mysticism, that these root races they overlap in time and so i'm i'm looking at the um and here i'll, I'll send this to you right now i should have done this already i'm so terribly sorry everybody you're um uh, uh, I'll, I'll post this you're a little scratchy uh-oh is it better now a little yeah well keep going okay so can kind of crackly these, though these root races uh they oh 
that's fine, dude. Just just let me get through this here. So, uh, <laughs> well, <I laughs> it's probably not the microphone. I think, I think it's the internet service, probably. You can't understand. Oh, you're crackly too. I think, uh, I think it might be my internet. Uh, should we, should we let it go a little bit? How about, how about now? Is it crackly? Carry on. Okay. So the understanding of these root, these root races is that they, they overlap in a little in time. So in this concept of esoteric, uh, astrology, and 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 this the the root race uh timeline is that they overlap within a few million years of each other so as the hyperboreans are um ending their sub race and as the human uh consciousness starts to evolve then came in the lemurian race and you know as the sub races set out of that then came the atlantean root races and then from that comes the Aryan, which is the fifth root race. And then from that, we're entering into the sixth root race, starting in Brazil. And then we'll, uh, we'll enter into the seventh root race. And so through that, the humans have been changing in their physiological shape, which shows us this when we look at why there's no giants anymore, right? Why, what happened to the giants? Why there were giants at one time? Well, the association is that, you know, the earth has been changing its consciousness and its sojourn as well. And through that, the evolution of humans and all animals and living, um, living things on earth have been changing and morphing. And so it, it's just really interesting. But this timeline, and I sent you this on your, on your phone, if you want, if you get a chance to take a look at it, uh, it kind of gives this. You know, because we talk about Hyperboreans, Lemurians, Atlanteans, and the Aryans, uh, and the Polarians too, which is the first root race in this in this concept, in this theory, in this field of study. The first root race is the Polarian, and then the Hyperborean, which kind of ties into some of the theories that you know we talk about the um, everything coming from the Northern Pole. So Polarian and then the Hyperboreans also coming from the Northern region. Then the Lemurians coming from the Southern region, then Atlantean stemming from that, but they overlap. So these, these, these root races exist together for a short period of time. And then they exist at once. What's that? He's holding up a red rooster, the light bearer. This is the Braxis. This is the, the the dawning of the new root race <laughs> it's a it's a rooster uh agate it's a an agate rooster yeah it's a rooster made from agate that's super cool wow that's awesome so that was a long that was a long-winded uh that's that's how i was trying long, to say Bob. long-winded kind of Oh, the box saga. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and so I think there's, you know, a lot of validity when you tie in the box saga with the Vedic, um, the Vedic works and, and, and the works of people like Madame, Madame Blatsky. Yeah. And the Polarians, right? Polarians and Hyperboreans and the Aryans all seem to be of the same, uh, stock in, in a way or a hybrid stock of others. 
Um, one thing that I was have kind of been thinking about lately is uh, the word Jew, uh, and the pronunciation, the spelling, uh, because J U you see a lot and yaw, right? Jaw is yaw also. And Yule, like the Yule log is J U L or J U U L. And you don't say it Jule, you say it Yule. And it's the J is a Y sound. And then in Nordic mythology, you also have Jotunheim, but it's spelled with a J U or J O like Jotunheim. Uh, so there's, it seems like Jew or Yo or Ya, they all have similar connection to each other. And so I'm kind of wondering if maybe, because according to like the saga, the box saga, the Dan tribe and the Sven tribe both come out of the North and into these other lands. And I'm wondering if maybe there's a connection to the Jews to that, to these people more so than, and from like Japheth rather than Shem and, uh, and, and maybe even Ashkenazi uh, because these seem to be like the Northern uh, people in, in the Northern lands. They weren't even really in the lands of Shem anymore. Um, Cause like I was just talking about uh, Isaac and the Scythians, they were in the Northern area, which would have been part of Japheth. Uh, so they were either mixing with these original Canaanite people, these hairy people. Maybe these were like cavemen or giants or Bigfoot types of people. Um, we we kind of see this in the Sumerian story of of Gilgamesh and Enkidu. Enkidu comes out of the forest, right? He's a big hairy man, and they civilize him. Uh, so maybe there's some type of thing going on there. I'm not necessarily sure, but... Uh, I just think there's an interesting maybe wordplay between the, those words. And uh, I kind of want to see if anybody else out there knows anything <laughs> or uh, if I'm just tripping or, or what's going on. But I am going to look into it a little bit more and see if I can find some other connections. Because I do know that uh, Loki, Lu, right? Lu, Ki, uh, Moon Spirit. Uh, also ruled Jotunheim for a period of time. And um, Jotunheim is kind of like the Jew land of the Jews. In my opinion, Jotunheim would have been like the Middle East. Because I think when they talk about the nine realms, that all these realms were like different locations here on the planet already and, and not like these mystical areas or whatnot but actual lands here on the planet. And when you look into the descriptions of who the people were in these areas, you can kind of see a resemblance. Uh, and that the fact that Loki ruled there for a while, Lou Lucifer ruled this area and Lucifer was the one that created the hybrids, right? Because he's the one that came down and mixed with the human women that were in that area. So there's another connection of these hybrids being connected to like a Luciferian or Loki or these different the, ideas. Some, 
something interesting with I, I can't remember his name and I really wish I could. Um we spoke with him during our um good evil god satan month um mm-hmm. and he worked with a mystic from the 70s yeah can you remember his name yeah You're talking about wajid yes wajid thank you wajid hassan so um the the concept of the sojourn traveling through these these different planets Right. And not in a way that that we consider, you know, ourselves evolving as humans have evolved right through the the many thousands, potentially millions of years that we've been here on Earth. But in in a sense of like as light beings or as consciousness or as electricity, as etheric energy moves, you know, you just consider how Wi-Fi or how electricity moves through the earth, you know, how, how, how solar energy moves, right? Your consciousness can move in that same way. So Mm -hmm. when you think about what you just said with the fallen angel of like Lucifer coming and, you know, hybridizing, uh, with humans here, um, something else that is talked about in these, these esoteric beliefs, these esoteric astrological or philosophical beliefs is that Venus is another uh, conceptual version of Lucifer, right? All, um, Venus is in, in in some some areas of study. Yeah, in my idea, I think Venus is the the female deity associated with. And you the think moon. the moon is Lucifer? Yes. Uh, if you always if you look at the moon, yeah, yeah. you always and, but, see Venus nearby. Th- yes, Ven- yes. So they have associations together, but the moon itself is technically in this specific area of study that I'm talking about with esoteric astrology that's done by these specific researchers, the moon itself is not an ascended planet. It hasn't gone through the levels of initiation mm-hmm. and it's a dead entity. It doesn't have any mm-hmm. sort of spiritual ploy with it. And so what he was mm-hmm. bringing up was that, um, that Venus has, you know, it has the light side and it has the shadow side. Every, you know, everything has its like hermetic play with it. But um, that these these, so he he kind of explained it that you know when you're in a room with seven other people, you know that these seven other people are there, and this the seven other people will have an influence on everybody in the room because your consciousness or your energy or whatever is kind of playing with each other, and so. You think about that on the sense of like our um, solar system, that all of these seven different planets have an influence on each other. And Earth is like this really popular person in the room. And so all these other planets are kind of being influencing Earth in this way because Earth is in, in in this field of esoteric astrology that Earth is not an initiated or an ascended planet. And it's it's going through that process, and that's why we are here to help yeah. Earth ascend and become this next level. But what I was just trying to tie into that is like when you brought that up, it made me think of when we were talking about Venus being this this light bearer, right? This having this this type of um, consciousness and influencing 
the consciousness and infecting and hybridizing with humans here. And then that is like a mutation of sorts. It doesn't have to be like a physical sense of like Satan came down and raped these women and made babies. And then those, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it can change your, the way your mind works and the way your consciousness works. Therefore, physiologically, you can change through your consciousness changing as well. Yeah. I like that. This shit, I mean, I, I just don't know. It's so mysterious, dude. There's so much. It's so crazy. It's good. Yeah. But where should, are we I think going? you should always what are we look talking for about? What, and where are we? I think there's always an esoteric explanation and even just h- historical sense, you know. I think there there the, the oh, absolute, esoteric absolute. astrological sense also influences the physical. The the uh, what's the other one? Uh, the astro theological, right? Like looking at these stories and then tying them with the planet mythos as well, because dude, we haven't really touched too much, and and we need to. By we, I mean me. I need to. Anyways, y'all, um, looking at the the Greek mythos with an astrotheological lens and then tying these other mythologies through astrotheological lenses to kind of help understand the human condition through the earth condition compared and living with these other solar entities to try to uh, understand the human condition at the same time of understanding the earth condition. It's like, you know, I think that's what a lot of these these mythological stories are are kind of talking about. And to me, I really well, I want to believe that reincarnation is in fact a thing, and and I do for that reason because I want to believe. I therefore do think that there is a high potential of reincarnation because I feel it. And you know, when I close my eyes. And I, you know, go deep within the mind. It's just like consciousness is so vast that there's, there's reason to believe that there's just so much more. And if we are here for the purpose of expanding Earth's consciousness, then so fucking be it. And if, and that's why, like, on a conspiratorial sense, you see this materialistic battle to dampen our spirit dampen our soul and strip us away from any sort of purpose a spiritual purpose you know because the these other root races or whatever like the old atlantean root races that are still dredges here right they call them like reptilians you know like blah blah, blah. if they're just older souls that don't want to give up their power to the new consciousness and the new heightened level of goodness then they're going to do everything and in, in their thing because the people in power know about these ancient cycles they know about the cycles and the cosmic cycles that's like the studies that have been happening for millennia is looking at the solar cycles and the cosmic cycles that all these planets go through that's what all these old religions and mythologies were all about dude this is fucking studying the planets and it's just like we've stripped ourselves away from it so much to just look at like astrology is woo-woo but it wasn't woo-woo to our ancestors so why is it woo-woo to us now 
Yeah, well, I mean, well said, yeah. man. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, a lot of the stuff that's going on in the world is to strip us of our consciousness to keep the planet where it's at so that these uh, whatever people can keep controlling what they have. Because if we raise our consciousness, there'll be nowhere left for them anymore because they'll be exposed or uh, that. Yeah, they'll no longer be able to have control over everybody. So that's why you see uh, these fake synthetic versions of everything, even uh, to the fact that uh, uh, Andy from DeepShare posted today um, or yesterday about virtual reality meditation. Like now you're putting on virtual reality so you can meditate. And he he was like, no, (laughs) this is not how you actually meditate you might feel like you're meditating and it might be a replacement for meditation but it's not meditation it's not real meditation so you're doing a synthetic fake type of meditation and you think you're actually getting somewhere with it but you're not so don't fall into these fake synthetic traps use what's natural use what's good that's what God is, God is nature. God is the universe. God is everything that has is right. Um, so when, when you use technology or something to fake God, you're uh, just buying into the bullshit. The material, the material, yeah, the material bullshit, man. I totally dig that. And, yeah. you know, we've been, rapping um you know just to ourselves on the side uh uh, you know not necessarily in this show directly but we've been rapping a lot around well you and andy actually just touch back on that i've been rapping around the number seven right and the number seven goes goes into so much esoterica and so much of the history and you know the septenary gematria is my favorite form of gematria to use when doing like different types of coding um, because it's resonant with, with so much things and you know, there's seven planets and blah, 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 so on and so forth. But my favorite number of seven is the musical scale. Mm. The music is life and, and sound. So what is number seven in the musical scale is the letter G and G is this of course heightened, it is it's like the final right and so what else starts with G is God but what is the perfect fifth in the musical scale uh, and the perfect harmonious note just to take a guess oh D D's so the nuts. perfect fifth of G is D. So it's G and D, right? And then you fill the gap, which is, you know, the the magical circle of divination or the sound coming off of the resonance of that. So it's like G O D, right, or whatever, what have you. Just like in a, in a in a gradual sense, it's not like necessarily. There's no O letter, you know. It only goes up to G. But so G is this heightened um, <clears throat> musical note, and then the perfect fifth of that. Because in music, you have whatever note you're playing, the perfect fifth is the harmonious note. So if you want to harmonize with whatever note you're playing, you play the fifth of that. So um, actually, the fifth of C is G, 
and the fifth of A is E and the fifth of B is uh, uh, F sharp and, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But like the fifth of G is D and G in the musical scale is the fully ascended seventh one. And so it's just fascinating because even in music, you have God written out in, in the musical harmonious scale. And that, you know, that's, that's ancient right there, you know, and yeah, it's, it's all written out, man, in the, in the stars and through these letters and numbers and in resonance. And it's, it's so beautiful, man. I want to, I want to go through some of the more of the shows that we have done and maybe we can touch on some more subjects and bring up some more tangents kind of like we've been doing. Um, but uh, also we had Slick Dissident on number 60. Uh, Roman and myself both interviewed him separately on our solo shows on Patreon. So if you're not subscribed to Patreon, go check that out. Listen to episode 60 also, and you'll kind of get an idea of what we offer on the Patreon. Um, I think this was both, both of these episodes on here, this double feature were excellent uh, because you... Roman kind of got more into the tarot Tories and the idea of the tarot and how this relays to uh, the Americas and how overlapping the tarot onto the Americas, you can see a connection between the cards and um, America. And it's like, is this shit planned? Was this done on purpose or is this something cosmic that's just, is there cosmic influences that are just influencing everybody to react or act in these certain ways? And I think that is interesting with like the idea of fate and destiny and how the movement of the stars are actually playing more of an effect on how we behave in this world than just like the everyday things that we think are actually happening. Um, and then I kind of get into, um, Gabe, uh, more of like this twilight language and we kind of break down some of these languages and talk about some of these other esoteric tarot card, uh, areas, um, that are connected with the Americas, uh, along the Mississippi and the Yode of the Mississippi river. And this will kind of get more connected, I think, into, uh, the, the this following month here in June, when we start to do the synchronistic mystic cities, right? We talk about some different ones this month. Um, and that's going to kind of, I think we should probably have Gabe on if we do a group show that month, because I think it'd be interesting to see how the territories ties into um, all these different people's works also. I um, already asked him if he wanted to come on to the syncretism uh, group show with like Juan and Ross and everybody. So perfect. yeah, he, he's definitely down. That'd be awesome, dude. I love definitely down. And so I love ta- the weaves, man. I love the weaves, like weaving all this stuff together with multiple brains uh, is, is very fabulous. Especially oh my gosh. The brains are, are so, so good, you know? And uh, so and, Definitely and just check let out everybody those, know like, that's we like fucking, 
we already pre-recorded everything for June already, so <laughs> we kind of already know everything that we already have for June, and it's all it's great. Well, actually, there's a couple more that we're throwing in because we have everything pre-recorded. We're we're able to get um, some extra juice. But anyways, that being said, when we talked with Michael Wan and Ross Ben. Holy shit, we made some real cool connections there at the end. Dude. Yeah, that was we went for three hours, dude. It was nuts. It was fun. It was fun. It was great, dude. That was a fantastic uh show though. Um for two of these episodes, I'm I'm not there because I was moving during these times and I was unable to make a couple of the shows. So uh it's gonna be Roman. But still the the knowledge and the evidence is there and, and and listen to them uh, because I think how we've been doing these shows and how we've been stringing them along from the beginning from Atlantis from Lumeria into these ancient Americas now and then we're going to be going into the summer and connecting it to stuff on the other side of the world uh, like the Sumerians and to other locations you know I think that's going to be fascinating um we're we're trying to like do like a big historical timeline throughout history and trying to connect all these different ideas together so that we have like this timeline of a show that you can look at and see all these different connections that's why we expanded the americas to a second month you know because there's so much there that we just felt like we just got to get more into it um also, we had Raven Wolfson on uh, the Abducted in America episode. And he, you know, it's a, uh, we were going to go into like paranormal alien contact missing in May is what we were going to do. And it kind of just turned out that we kept rolling with ancient America. And it turned out that some of the stuff that he was talking about actually connects into like ancient America with his abductions, uh, the people or the aliens or the um, entities, whatever you want to call them and the colors and these different things that are like impact our consciousness and these different consciousness realities that we live in, in this world are affecting the world that we live in. You know, you, we can't, say that they're not like people are having these uh i don't even know what to call the word not even abductions really but they're having these uh connections to some higher form of life and like how do we explain these things like you know for me i kind of read off aliens a while ago but when you hear people talk about it and you hear their stories, it's it's almost hard to just outright reject them. Um, there's something at play here. There's some, it has to fit in somewhere. So how does that fit in? You know, um, because a lot of people are ruled by some of these things that happen to them. So, and it affects their life in a positive way and sometimes in a negative way, the demons or the angels or however you want to look at it, the negative and the positive entities, um, all these different things. So uh, that episode is great. Uh, Mitch, the Orgone donor. Um, that was a bonus episode. My bad. Uh, Howdy Mikowski. Uh, that one, we talked about uh, world's fairs 
what else did we talk about in there? Tartaria, Egypt, the connection to Egypt and Tartaria and consciousness. Consciousness. Well, one of the fascinating things that I felt it has kind of been a reoccurring thing too is water and how water affects like this consciousness ability. Uh, it seems like we've had a couple people on the show that have had near death drowning experiences and have experienced heightened or awakened states of consciousness. And I'm wondering if the water is in some way, some type of conductive or conducive to these experiences I wonder what would happen if like maybe you ate mushrooms or something or did DMT and went swimming, if that would heighten your, uh, your, uh, I don't, how do you say? So I'm just going to touch on this real quick because this is a thing, um, totally, especially in, uh, different, uh, governmental projects, what they would do, especially in like the MK projects, they would, uh, give these, uh, studies, they would give them like small doses of LSD or different types of psychoactives. And then they would put them in a, uh, a, a bath of water. And then they would, uh, you know, measure their neurotransmitting uh, and reactors, right? And um, and different projects where they were, um, gosh, I can't remember the name of it, where they were getting uh, psychically in tuned people, right? They would they were doing projects like that, and so you're absolutely right. Like the consciousness, which we touched on before, with like the. Um, the the memory of water and the information that water can hold and so our you know our, our science mainstream science absolutely knows that and they were giving people psychedelic drugs uh and have doing projects with that and yeah you see that in shows like fringe uh they touch on that which is definitely a ploy off of um some of the mk ultra projects uh, and yeah, absolutely, dude. Like you're right on. You're right on point. Your intuition was absolutely correct. And I highly suggest if if people are interested in that to look up some of the, the studies and that the government did because they are very very well adept on the uh, the electricity of consciousness and water and how to basically contort that into the ether. One thing that I just, it came to my mind is the idea of being birthed and um, as a baby, you know, you're coming out of the fluids, the water breaks, and now you have reached a new level of consciousness because you're born into the world. And it's kind of almost the same idea as, as when you're coming out of the water, you're reaching another level of consciousness that you didn't have before. And it's kind of like you're being rebirthed. And I wonder if almost that's kind of like the idea between uh, um, what's um, baptism um, being put into the water and being reborn is uh, you're, you're changing your consciousness into a different vibration. And uh, also I kind of have a feeling that maybe like the idea of water and Atlantis uh, has 
that connection to of this baptism that happened um but you know a huge baptism of water that destroyed a city or a island or whatever you want to call it and then from that expanded a new consciousness a new change I want to touch on the, uh, the the babies being born in water and that that concept because um, something something else I talked about with Philip Lindsay is uh, you know this concept of like when you're born and you have this zodiac uh, alignment right this planetary alignment which is called your birth chart um, but be, babies being born in hospitals with all of that radiation and different types of uh, energy in the hospital affecting these really sensitive, energetically sensitive children and how it might influence their cosmic energy when they're being born from this highly energetic and highly mineralized uh, um, womb and then being put straight into a place where there's just so much electricity going on, so much microwave energy and so much different radiation and how it affects the, um, the, the, the baby's consciousness because babies are open vessels of pure light cosmic energy. And so it kind of brings me to that idea that you were just talking about of like, okay, you have this water, you have this, this mercurial, alchemical womb water right that the baby being born it's like a you know like the scene in the matrix right where they have all these you know incubators basically where they're incubating all these these bodies which is portrayed in uh, the other great show that i fucking binge watched that you brought up defiance right they 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 do that in that show too uh which is a great show if you guys haven't watched defiance definitely check that one out uh but yeah, so it's just like there's there's this, and that's what they do in those experiments. They put you in a dark uh, tub and they cover the tub. It's a metal tub, and they have salt water in there, and they hook like a a kind of like a helmet up to you, and they they put like little electrical shocks into the helmet while you're sitting in the salt water. This is like you know, this is like a womb and, you know, they have, you know, there's this, and any mothers that can relate to this, you know, you and your baby are communicating through this, this, this water in your womb. And there's like this cosmic information flooding through like pregnant women, a lot of times get informational downloads. They are in tune because they're just, they have double amount of consciousness in it. And if reincarnation is in fact a thing, then you're having this celestial conversation with a spirit and the soul that is getting ready to basically partake. And something else I think I brought up in the show is like this, you know, as above, so below concept of like, you know, the birth chart, and the, the zodiacal connection between when you are born and the time that you're born is like, like the neighborhood of the stars, you know, you're from that neighborhood. You're from the Scorpio neighborhood, kid. Oh, I know you fucking type. You guys have an archetype over there, definitely. Oh, but you're this, and you're also Taurus and Gemini. Oh my God, I know you. I know you, Auntie, too. You know what I mean? So, like, they have this archetype from these zodiac, and so when 
I, I like had to ask this guy this question because I had this thought when I was watching the documentaries. I was like, if babies being born in hospitals are being affected from the cosmic, you know, the cosmic information that should be absorbed in a real natural birth when a woman is giving birth in nature or in water right water births are a thing where they give birth in water and that's like the easiest way for a woman to give birth it's in water everything comes out the baby's born in the water they're not hurt or anything because they're breathing through the umbilical cord right it's not until the umbilical cord gets cut that like there's that separation and then they say actually sometimes uh, the zodiac, your birth chart doesn't even start until you take your first breath so whenever that cord is cut that's when you're <sighs> you take that first breath into the the atmosphere and that, that's now who you are that is you know that's when that soul into that body or whatever i mean this is all kind of speculative on the philosophy philosophy but i don't know I think it's really interesting and you brought it up and that was something that, you know, I was talking about Philip just earlier this morning. Yeah, and man. So we're, you know, we're just in, we're in tune, man. You know what I mean? Doing all this stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we had Emmanuel Keeman, number 63. Um, and he talks about the Tartaria kingdom uh, being the millennial kingdom of Jesus and from what I've described earlier about the Saxons and Isaac and the Scythians and how that relates to Jesus, it does kind of make sense because the Saxons were the ones going around uh, turning the pagans into Christians, right? So um, obviously they had a, uh, what's it called? Um, oh, it's like an M word. They had a motive. There we go. They had a motive for it. And he's not necessarily saying that the millennial kingdom is in America. He's just saying that there was a millennial kingdom around. Um, it's iffy with time and the show. Uh, but, you know, from anywhere, I'd say around 500 AD to 1500 AD or even into the 800. 1800s of the 1800s being the apocalypse that happened and the millennial kingdom of God has already ha happened. Jesus has already been here and now we're going into revelations and revelations is opening up. So um, this is an interesting episode, a different take on things uh, from my perspective, uh, but it's always a good to have different perspectives because when you start to put these different perspectives together, um, you can start to make it more a bigger full, picture, man. Yeah, fuller picture because obviously mm -hmm. the Christians and the Catholics played a big part in the history that has happened in the past, you know, two thousand years. So to like try to take that out wouldn't be fair. And uh, there's definitely a big narrative there to look at. So um check out that episode and how that plays into the americas you know america's man it's crazy <laughs> it's just so crazy how we don't it's learn crazy, about man. any of this any of this in school and they don't teach us any of that i i'm not sure if it's 
nefarious. I mean, in some ways it is, yes. But in some ways, I think, I don't know, dude. Sometimes I think they're just stupid, but sometimes I think they're just hiding shit too, plain, plainly and obviously. Um, I, I, maybe I it's a little it could bit be of both. subconsciously nefarious. You know, like subcon, like it's like, yeah, you know, there's a plan that that some people have that are in power to stay in power, but you know, as it trickles down and it becomes, you know, I don't know, like it's like it's, I don't know, it's it's really deep, and I I can't really put words into it, and I I uh, I give I give uh, I give you know credit to anybody who thinks that they can't put words to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's fascinating about the conversation of Emmanuel and you should go check out his podcast, goodness over darkness, because he does break down the millennial kingdom of God into like seven part series, eight part, nine part. I don't know. I think he's still going with it. So um, go check it out. But one of the episodes, he talks about the different, uh, catechisms, catastrophic things that happened during the 1800s. And there seems like there's lots of earthquakes and like a lot of like big, huge natural type things that were going on, uh, volcanoes exploding, uh, you know, just like all kinds of craziness going on at this time. So it's, it's very interesting. Was it constructed? Was it natural? don't know but still interesting and then the last one we had this month was adam stokes and that was also super fabulous uh adam is an awesome dude uh he's fluent in several languages he's a, a teacher he teaches um latin in college and he's able to see like the differences in these languages and the similarities and he's able to put these things together and he has a Mormon background. So he sees everything even a slightly little bit different than like a Christian would, you know? And so he's able to put a different context on the Americas um, through this Nephite Canaanite hybrid uh, that came to the Americas and kind of settled here and around the, fifth uh sixth century so again back to the sixth century seems like there's a lot of stuff going on in that 500 a.d period here in america even emmanuel is putting a stamp on like 500 a.d something is changing uh you know around um the planet so uh there's definitely some significance there um so check out all these episodes it's been a great two months we thank everybody for tuning in and listening because we've gotten a big big uptick in listens through these last couple months and we're going to continue to hit you with some deep episodes um even starting this month in july or june i mean even starting this month in june with the synchro mystic month and uh that's going to be fucking fantastic. And then we're getting into ancient Sumer. And uh, that's going to be fun too. And then we, who knows what we're going to bring to you after that. Um, you know, as things progress, 
through like this timeline. We're just going to kind of let it take us where it wants to go and uh, go with it, man. So rolling with the punches, baby, the cylindrical cycles, you know, it's the, the, the Kundalini coil of the clicking talk or the, the ticking clock or the clicking ticking clock. The Kundalini coil of the clicking ticking clock comes to ravage on Dan's tasty Bach saga weaves. Oh, Jesus. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You thought I was going to say something else. Uh, I mean, I don't know what you're going to say. Who knows? Uh, I heard people earlier talking about how you like to talk about cock and stuff. So, um, (laughs) Who said that? Who? You tell me. I'll find them and I will show them who really likes (laughs) the sweet uh, rooster. (laughs) The sweet red rooster. Yeah, the red rooster. Um, so thank you for joining us this month and sorry about not giving you some group shows, especially for ancient America. Cause those would have been fantastic. Maybe we'll have to do some, uh, group shows and just throw them out there for you guys anyways. Um, but, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for being a Patreon member. Um, thanks for liking, sharing, subscribing, all that stuff. Have a wonderful day, have a beautiful month, and have a great year. And if you can't get down with that, fuck you. Wake up. Wake up. Everything exists with